T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We welcome on the great Pete Futek, college football news on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Pete, welcome to the show, buddy. The great, wow, I'll, I guess I'll take great something. I'm not exactly sure what, but right now, sure, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Listen, I've, I don't think I've ever been called a great anything. So, I, you know, I just, I'm trying to build my guy up. Uh, There's something negative behind great with me. I, I, I exactly how but it doesn't seem like it's something that would have been positively in the past but I, I will take it and thank you i have been called a great disappointment before that's about exactly, all I've got. exactly like that exactly uh pete wh- what are your thoughts on the reaction to the mass migration to the transfer portal in college football this week all right all right first of all the the, the main problem here is genius move college football you have the, the all the fun and the you know it was kind of you know understated. We all knew who the college football playoff was going to be after Friday night, and we have the bowls being announced. And everyone's kind of in a good mood about it. And all right, fine, here we go. We got the everything in place, and then you have the transfer portal like 30 seconds after this all gets announced, which means that effectively you've made your bowl season like the NFL preseason. Like we don't know who's going to play. It doesn't really matter. Half the coaches are gone, half the players are gone, and you just kind of have uniforms out there for a lot of these games. And it's just, you kind of kill the whole vibe. I, I, I'm sure there's a technical reason. I've never been able to figure out why 
you can't do this after the Bulls. Uh, but apparently that they've decided to do it this way. And okay, but the, the, the actual transfer portal itself, just remember, out of all these, you know, what is it, 1,000 kids in there so far, it's so massive, only like 25% are probably going to get an offer or leave. I mean, most of them just, there just aren't enough gigs out there. Uh, so everyone wants to go to Colorado, and outside of that, uh, everyone else is probably going to come back. Uh, let me ask you about that that Colorado situation. Is that a good hire for them? I mean, do you think they're going to get good players? Do you think that they're going to win? If nothing else, it's going to be fun. I don't I, look as a Wisconsin grad, Luke Fickle, great, you know, hire and all that. I wanted Dion. I it just it's just a failure of imagination for Hugh Freeze, and you know, I guess Matt Rule's fine, and Luke Fickle's good, but. Give me the guy who I know is going to bring in the four and five star talent, and you know we know we all know how coaches work. You know, I was there at Wisconsin with Barry Alvarez when you know I turned the meeting when it's like we're going to win a championship here at Wisconsin, and none of you all are going to be here when we do, but we're going to get there somehow. And so that's exactly what Dion basically just said. He's like, "Look, nice job, guys. I'm bringing. I think his word I'm quoting here. I think he said, "I'm bringing in my dogs. I'm bringing in. I'm bringing in guys. I'm bring, he he knows what talent is." I could not be a bigger fan. I mean, he, he did the work. He has proved that he really wants to be a head coach. Uh, and he's getting the guys around him. He's hiring, you know, Sean Lewis from Kent State. So basically, yeah. Dion is going to bring in all these four- and five-star athletes and talents. And he's going to run his offense about 1,000 miles an hour. What possibly isn't fun about any of this? So you hate the fickle hire. Uh, fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. Is he going to bring the four and five stars to get? Yeah, look, it, I was at Wisconsin when literally my freshman year, they, uh, there were 124-ish teams, I want to say, in D1 at the time. And I think in the, you know, the Sagarin rankings or whatever, they were 129. I mean, so I'm, I, I was, I, I'm the whole idea of all, oh, you know, being entitled Wisconsin fans at this point, but I did want someone just a little more, maybe to boost them up and make them more of a national power. But but I digress. Pete Futek, college football news, joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Of the names that actually did go into the portal, what do you think were the most consequential for college football programs? Uh, obviously, the quarterbacks are going to be. You know, where are these guys going to land? There's not a Caleb Williams out there quite yet. There was a little underground behind the scenes buzz for a while there. At least I think it was made up that, you know, the Alabama, because there are ties there that Alabama might have figured out a way to get Drake May from North Carolina to get there. Uh, and then May comes out yesterday with his, uh, with his Instagram or tweet where he's like, nah, I love it here. I'm staying. Uh, that would have been pretty good. Uh, Justin Flo, the linebacker out of Oregon, that guy, if he can stay healthy, is just a terror. It's probably Miami or USC for him. And then it comes down to, you know, the, the, again, the quarterbacks. If I had said last year at this time, Bo Nix was a, a big-time, you know, quarterback get for somebody, I'd be like, yeah, whatever, he's Bo Nix. Then he goes to Oregon and has a Heisman caliber season. Well, that might be DJ Uyunglele, depending on where he gets the where he goes. I'm guessing somewhere on the West Coast. I'm guessing a UCLA or an Oregon or someplace like this. And that might be the fit for him. And then Dennis, uh, Dennis, Devin Leary out of uh, NC State, the last time you had an NC State quarterback go from there to, say, Wisconsin was Russell Wilson. 
that's a guy who might be the uh, just a perfect fit for Luke Fickle and that program. Uh, he does not have the tools of an Uyung Lule or some of these other guys. He's not as big, but he's got a good arm. And wherever he goes, he instantly becomes the, the key starter at, uh, and a big-time playmaker for the program. Pete, there are reports out that Jackson Smith and Jigba is healthy enough to play in this bowl game semifinal but won't play. Do you have a problem with it? Can't. How can I mean, look, we all I, – I, a little bit because, yeah, for the rest of your life you're always going to kind of think what if, and certainly if Ohio State wins the national championship, uh, you're going to have a little nagging thing like, ah, I wish I had gotten there. What's the – LeBron thing. LeBron's arguably, you know, he's probably the second best player of all time. And even he's like, you know what, every year about March Madness, ah, I kind of feel like, God, that would have been fun to play in. So uh, in that stretch, but I get it. But on the flip side, if you're a top 10 overall pick, what are you doing? You know, why, why are you playing in these things? Even the college football playoff, you have millions and millions and millions of dollars on the table there. The last thing you need is to mess that up in any way, shape or form. So I, I, I can't, I'm never going to dog someone. I mean, this is all, at the end of the day, this is all business. This is all for the top guys. It's all business. And I can never fault anyone for saying, hey, if my dream is to play in the NFL. It's the, you know, the Bill Parcells line. You know, if you want to be in the league, you know, play in the league. And he always had a little problem with guys who stuck around an extra year. He wanted the guys who wanted to be NFL players. And look, I can't fault the guy. He wants to be an NFL player. Go do it. I mean, should C.J. Stroud sit out? Should all the other stars sit out? I mean, how, that would be terrible. It would be, but how do you say, you know what? You've got generational, multi-generational wealth and, not in, and the dream of playing in the NFL. It's right there for you. The only yeah, thing that can like, screw it's, this It's up. not like Smith and Jigba, Pete, is, is, is guaranteed to be a first-round pick. I mean, he played three games this year. He had a really good year last year in a great bowl game, but – you don't think going out against Georgia and balling out could help his draft stick? He could go to be a top 10 pick? You don't think the general managers know he's pretty good? He's, he's, he's probably the number one wide receiver with, with Boudet coming back. Uh, he's probably the number one wide receiver off the board. I mean, again, how do you say to somebody, don't guarantee, you have guaranteed multi-million dollars there for you? How do you say to them, nah, you know, take the chance and go out there and do this because – you know, go play another game. I mean, I and I owe money and all that, but effectively for free, take go out in there and take that chance. Again, I I get it from both sides. I I'm not going to argue anybody who wants to come back and wants to have that moment, wants to have that big game. But again, this is a game. That's business. How do you say take a multi-million dollar shot that you screw us all up? Because remember, the everyone's got insurance policies and all that. They don't pay out like everyone thinks they do. And also, you're forgetting the dream side of this. And that, look, not everyone wants to be in college. Everyone, you know, it's, it's, we love college football and all that stuff, but the guys who want to be in the NFL, go be in the NFL. It's, it's fine. But if you want to come back and do it, and that's, that's you know, what you think for your life and your, you, know, the, you want to have that moment, all right, then come back and do it. it just, I, I, I'm against ever uh, being negative and demonizing any kid. Who wants to secure himself generational wealth? And more than that, the dream of playing in the NFL. Pete, we got about 60, 60 to 70 seconds here. What's the best potential national championship? Oh, Ohio State, Michigan. Are you kidding me? I mean, I think Ohio State can do this. I, I've said all along, there are three and a half teams in college football that have the same, roughly the same talent level. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and the USC offense. You, I know they don't have the lines quite there yet, but 
You're telling me that Ohio State can't hang punch for punch with their talent level, uh, at least at the skill spots and certain you know defensive places at Georgia. Georgia's really good, no question about it. I don't think this is last year's team. I just don't think they're quite that strong. I uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Ohio State wins, pulls off a 2019 Alabama, gets in at the four seed and wins this thing. So look, I think Michigan trucks TCU because all the NFL, I'm sorry, the uh, college football playoff undercard first games are awful, and then Ohio State and Georgia put on a show. But absolutely, you want to see Ohio State Michigan again in LA in the SoFi Stadium? That place would be insane. All right, I lied. We got about 20 seconds left. We did have a listener ask uh, about your thoughts, uh, Scott Satterfield to Cincinnati. Okay, odd. You know, it, it, it's kind of break up before you get you know dumped. It's uh, he was he was kind of on the fence there with Louisville to begin with the fan base. So okay, hey, look, this other place which is you know they're going to go to the Big Twelve. It's 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 a lateral move at you know at worst. And he might have been fired from Louisville very soon if he got off to a hot, rough start next year. So yeah, okay, great. You know, it's a nice pick, nice fit. The guys won before at Appalachian State and. Uh, his defense certainly got better as the season went on this year. Follow this man on the Twitter machine, at Pete Futek of College Football News, the great Pete Futek. Pete, you're great. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one, guys. I don't know how likely, but it looks like there's still a pretty significant chance that Baker Mayfield could start for the Rams, the unthinkable, two days after being claimed on waivers. Yeah, I saw they're going to like warm up. Who's the other kid? Uh, John Wolford. kind of banged up. Wolford's got like a neck injury or something. And they said they're going to warm him up. And if he can't go, Baker Mayfield's going to start the game. Isn't it just wild how, if, if you look at starting in 2020, which Baker was in the perfect situation, right? Offensive play callers as head coach, really great offensive line, dominant running back, uh, top 10 defense, all these great things. And since then, his situation around him, some of it's his fault, some of it's not, has, has eroded from to where he was last year, to where uh, going to Carolina with a lame duck head coach who was just itching to get fired and a you know slappy for an OC, a young offensive line that's turned you know pretty decent here recently, but that was yeah. not good in Carolina the first start of the season, uh, and now like you want to talk about? I mean, his career is legitimately on the on on the line, and he might have to start two days in to Los Angeles, an offense he doesn't know behind a bad offensive line with no running game, and, oh, yeah, Cooper Cup isn't healthy either. So there you go, Good Baker. Good luck, Baker. Good luck, Bake Bake. Shake and bake. It's so wild. Like, And there's a part of me that want you – because I think you know this. I do like me some chaos. One of my favorite things – You do? I, I didn't it, know that. Well, just in sports, right? In 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 my own life, I like not chaos. But in sports, I love anything that, that causes chaos. There's also part of me that thinks, wouldn't it just be hilarious if Baker bowled out tonight? Oh, I think it'd be hilarious. Like if Baker went out there against the Raiders, who've been really good recently and, and have kind of done the Mangini of of of, of kind of uh, not necessarily saving Josh McDaniel's job, but like making sure it didn't come to a point where we had to have that conversation with Mark Davis in Las Vegas. But to go out there against a team in Las Vegas that's played really well recently, if he goes out and throws for like three hundo, and I mean, he could, he it's so tough because there's nothing. I mean, the guy what the guy was the number one overall pick. It's like the guy can't throw a football, but there's nothing going for him. Like he's only been in L.A. for two days. The offensive line is so bad they practically ended Matt Stafford's career, and 
there's no Cooper Cup or, or no running game. So, like, if he's going to win, it's going to be, you know, Johnny Manziel Mayfield out there tonight is what it's going to take to win, given the way the, the offense sets up around him. The only thing he's got going is Sean McTay. Yeah, yeah he does. But, again, I but want it to happen because of the chaos thing. You want the chaos. Do you, what would the reaction be? Because I, I actually, when I walked in today, Andy asked me a really good question. And I I don't think I had a definitive answer. He asked me, he's like, you know, what what's the read on Baker in Cleveland? Right? Like what's what are what are people's feelings about Baker in Cleveland? And I kind of think similar to six months ago, I yeah. don't think I don't think there's uniformity. I don't think there's I think there's still people who are super salty <clears throat> about Baker. I think there's yeah. there are people who still very much want to defend Baker. I think there are people sure. who are just tired of talking about Baker. Like I think I think Baker Mayfield is one of the splintered topics in Cleveland that it's just you know, you're you're kind of I don't know. I don't think there's one prevailing take. I think people are to- are torn. Uh I I don't have any ill will towards the guy. I I find it funny the people that are like taking victory laps on Baker Mayfield when I don't understand why. Like, what's what's the point of taking a victory lap on Baker Mayfield? Yeah, he he, the Browns traded him away. They got Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's still unproven in Cleveland. Like, it's not like we won the trade yet. I mean, Deshaun still. I think they will. They will win the trade, by the way. But the the point is, it's not like they've they've won anything yet. And who cares? Baker Mayfield won you playoff games. He was a good player here for a little while. Yeah, like I. The, so I get that Baker. You know what I don't get? I don't get What's people that? in sports talk who don't like Baker because Baker was bad to the the beat reporters in town. That I don't get. Or that Baker was contentious with the beat reporters in town and have kind of taken up the mantle of how dare he treat I I don't get that at all. Yeah, that's that's I don't get that either. And I just like I don't get the the Baker deniers in town. Well, you know, mm-hmm. he, it was only one playoff game, and it was you know they they didn't. You know, the idea was they almost lost that game. No, they didn't. Pittsburgh scored a bunch of points in garbage time, and it looks a lot closer than what it really was. They didn't almost lose that game. They they won against Pittsburgh by a significant margin, and then they played yes. about as good as you could have expected against Kansas City the next week. Yeah. The, you know, the team that. If memory serves me correctly, just went out and then went to the Super Bowl. So, like, I, I don't get the Baker vitriol. I, I don't necessarily, like, I want him to succeed elsewhere because I, I like when people that have done well by us do well elsewhere. But like, I'll just here's another thing: if you're a Browns fan, you should be rooting for Baker Mayfield here tonight. You should okay, be explain why. It's it's simple. The Raiders are more of your competition right now than the Bengals are because the Raiders and you have the exact same record. And Mm -hmm. as you're both trying to march towards that last playoff spot, both of you are within arm's race or arm's length of the uh, New York Jets in the seventh spot. And a loss for the Raiders is good for the Cleveland Browns. So you're hoping, you should be hoping Baker Mayfield on Thursday night football looks like uh, Mayfield Manziel out there. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have faith that he will. Uh, I'll be watching. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I think it's, it's fascinating. I'm not, not rooting against the guy. I'm not really rooting for him, but, uh, I, I just, what I don't get is the people that 
like I said before, the people that just hate the guy and that are going at him on social media. Look. And I, I, I didn't think he was a very good player here his last season, but I never had anything like against the guy personally. So fans, fans having something against Baker, to me, is about expectations. The mm-hmm. expectations were after 2020, Baker was going to take another step, the team was going to take another step, and that you were going to be a Super Bowl contender. And I think a lot of fans bought hook, line, and sinker this line of, well, we didn't win, so it was all Baker's fault, and we're going to be so much better without mm-hmm. Baker. And I think a lot of fans in town took that to heart. I think they bought yeah. the the Browns line of thinking. And, and, and you know what? I think they let Baker – this is a royal we, by the way. I think we let Baker be the fall guy for the Browns' disappointment from expectations. What will be really interesting is if the disappointment of this year – the Browns right now sitting at 5-7 – and seven, if the disappointment of this year, if they don't come back and, and make it a playoff spot push for the Browns, or if next year they continue to disappoint, it'll be really interesting to see two years down the road how fans in Cleveland talk about Baker Mayfield. How do you think they're going to talk about him? I think if the Browns continue to disappoint from here on out with Deshaun Watson, I think that'll start to change people's perspective, especially uh, you know, people are counting Baker dead in the water. And, and listen, he might be. I don't know. But I said this a couple weeks ago, and I got uh, a couple people tweeting at me. And Nick Wilson says, by the way, uh, personal things about me because I dared say this. I think Baker's biggest problem right now is I think his confidence is shot. And I yeah. think if you get him with the right coach, good coaches know how to create a rapport. I mean, listen, guys, if Tua Tungavailoa, who's never done anything in the NFL before this year, if if Mike McDaniel can walk into Miami and resurrect Tua, not to just be good, but to be maybe an MVP candidate, yeah, I think Baker Mayfield is salvageable, a guy who two years ago uh, looked like, uh, a, at the very least, a really good starting quarterback, if not a guy that was on his way to being a franchise quarterback. And maybe that's in L.A. with Sean McVay. Well, I mean, listen, I, I think it makes sense for – that team and for that organization to to look at a quarterback for the future because when you look at um, Stafford's back injury, I mean, he could have to retire. He really could. That's a scary deal. Man, I hate that for Stafford. I know. I mean, talk about a guy who finally had had broken free from the shackles of a god-awful organization in Detroit and it, it just kept them buoyant for so long, just like Matt Ryan in Atlanta and then you get the one season, you win the Super Bowl, and then that could be curtains. That just and you know what though, to, to your point, Baker yeah. is the perfect insurance for that. Like, 100%. like if 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 Matt Stafford tries to give it a go for next year, and Baker agrees to stick around as his backup, and five games into next year, the Rams are or Matt Stafford just can't go. And now you've got almost a year into the system and you didn't go there as a starter. So the expectations change. Now it's like Tannehill in Tennessee. Now all of a sudden you just get to be the guy that just goes out there and just plays and see what's happened. That feels like a perfect situation for somebody like uh, Baker. I Look, I, I hope the guy's career turns around. I mean, he, I really do. I think he's got talent. I think he needs the right situation. He needs to be in the right system. And he needs a good coach. That let's, believes in him. Let's and, get and McVay. McVay's a young dude. I mean, he'll probably relate well with Baker Mayfield. And 
They're in the NFC, so I don't really, I don't really care. I mean, unless the, the Browns are facing the Rams in the Super Bowl, like it doesn't matter. Let's get some thoughts on this real quick. Junior, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey guys. So I, I think part of uh, for me personally, I, I was never a Baker fan um, from the start. But with that said, I wanted him to succeed here in Cleveland. Obviously, yeah. 2020 was a good season, but I think I think the problem was in 21, uh, we we all saw what was going on, and we had been down this road a lot of times with previous quarterback draft picks. And for me personally, I kind of saw him as Johnny Menzel, right? Uh, a cocky kid who didn't accomplish anything, who thought that he was much better than what he actually was. And for, and for Baker's sake, going to, to the Rams, I hope he understands that this might very well be his last shot and that he takes an approach with the Rams much differently than he did here in Cleveland because you're only going to get so many shots especially as a quarterback in the NFL, you know, he needs to humble himself. He needs somebody to bring him down and say, hey, listen, you're not that good yet. You have a lot of work to do. And for me personally here in Cleveland, I think he thought he was at a level that he was untouchable, Mm -hmm. that he thought he was a much better quarterback than he actually was in reality. He didn't do anything here in Cleveland. He got us to to a a playoff game. So the only thing I would say is, and I thank you for the call, Junior, I, I hate the Manziel comparisons. Um, Baker Mayfield was 10 times the actual quarterback that Johnny Manziel was coming out of college. Johnny Manziel was almost exclusively hype and a little bit of substance issues. A lot yep. of bit of substance issues, I should say. <laughs> but like Baker Mayfield, the quarterback at, at Oklahoma, was right. one of the best field readers in college. He had, he was incredibly accurate. There were not arm issue concerns there. Like he's not necessarily elite at anything, but he was just it was the 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 jack of all trades, master of none. That was what Baker was. And to say Baker didn't accomplish anything, I actually think that's offensive. Like I, I, I maybe this is my old Baker Bronus being. It, he went to the. He, he won the first playoff game on the road in Pittsburgh. He won that for the first time in 30 years. Guys, that's something, right? And was he consistent? No. Was he consistently who we thought he should be? No. Baker Mayfield's biggest failure is he wasn't a franchise quarterback. But to say he didn't accomplish things here, I, I think is incredibly disingenuous. And I think it's, I, again, I think it goes back to that nerve of, well, he wasn't a franchise quarterback, so he's a, he's a bust. And I think I... I think I heard multiple hosts on this station say that, so screw that guy. You know who he is? I just thought of this. You know who he is? He's Mark Sanchez. Uh, Yeah, I can see that a little bit. Like, top five pick, a guy who was a legendary college quarterback, a jack of, jack of all trades, master of none. He went to early in his career with the Jets, all those uh, NFC title or AFC title games, and then injuries and just limitations ruined his upside. I think that's Baker to this point. But to say he's accomplished nothing, that's that just feels mean. Like, <laughs> I'll be mean about the Haslams. I'll be mean yeah. about a lot of things here. But to a guy who, who played his ass off and played hurt when we all realized his career would be so much better off now if he had just not played on injury last year, it, yep. it just feels like a level of mean we haven't gotten to yet with Cleveland. Browns legend, and you now know him from the Bernie Kosar show with Hanford Dixon. I can find that on YouTube. And, of course, the Twitter handle at Bernie Kosar show. The great Bernie Kosar joins us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Bernie, welcome. 
Hey, Nick, Dustin, good to be with you guys. Always great to have you, Burn. We just had Deshaun Watson talking about the importance of cohesion with your offensive line. He also talked today in Maria about the importance of timing with your receivers. In in terms of that side of things, that, that continuity element, how long does it take to get that familiarity with your O-line and your wide receiver as a quarterback in the NFL? Well, it's, it's good to be with you today, Nick and Dustin. I wasn't sure if uh, you guys were calling me to talk about Deshaun, the Battle of Ohio, Browns, Bengals, maybe the Baker Mayfield stuff, or if you were calling to get your daily update on traffic as you have to drive back out to Mantaway. That's true. At our, home, <laughs> at our hometown here, the Mantaway traffic isn't bad today. And I wasn't sure if Dustin you know, was calling me. He's doing a, does an amazing job here at 92.3, an amazing ex-football player, NFL player doing a great job. He's announcing the FBS game um, this Saturday, the playoff game. But actually, I want to thank him for some of his fashion consulting he's been doing for me with the cowboy hats that he's now wearing. What, now, what's your take, Burn? You like the cowboy hat? He's Mr. Fashionable. Well, from my cowboy days and as I'm gra- grappling onto my Super Bowl ring here, I'm a little biased towards liking that, <laughs> that fashion advice. So thank you, brother, for that. And absolutely on the serious side of Deshaun and the timing um, and how the timing, the game time timing wasn't there uh, this past Sunday. And, you know, it really almost brought back some memories to me of the first preseason game early in the year um, when you're trying to, you know, you think you know what you want to do in the meeting room. You think you know what you want to do in practice. And the one thing, and, you know, I've joked about this on and off the air with you guys and Dustin in particular about, you know, the quarterback position, you, you practice it as live as it could be, but in practice there's not really the threat of death, not the threat of getting hit. And unless you really have that physical threat of getting sacked, of getting run over, you can't really simulate that. And when you're – doing decisions and throwing like in the game in the first quarter we were doing more dropbacks and not maybe rollouts in the first game last week and you're trying to in a play on a three-step drop in 1.7 to 2.2 seconds you could go through that in practice you go through it in your head but when you haven't done it live in 700 days the ability to be on point to have the timing yes we talk about the feet it's equally as important to have kind of your your core um your legs underneath you but mentally as you mentally understand it your your body kind of follows along with it and that obviously wasn't there this past sunday and and to the point where it's really a tough thing to get in the first and second week of december when everybody else is the game's really slowing down for them it's actually still going at such a quick speed for Deshaun. Bernie, if Bernie, the, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. If if the Texans game is the baseline for, for where we are with Deshaun, what should our expectations be for Deshaun this weekend against the Bengals? Well, you know, I talked about, and, and from a statistical standpoint, from an analytics percentage standpoint, the playoffs look like a long way off. Um, from a player perspective, you have to look at it optimistically and positively. And, yes, you want to take it a game at a time, a day at a time, want to win the week and go 1-0 and on the way towards bluntly 
meaning to probably win out through the end of the year. That being said, it's going to take a yeoman's effort this week from offensively to make that progress from where it was um, in Houston um, this past Sunday to what you need to do to get it to compete at a level. Like I believe like our defense special teams, and that's probably as bad as offensively you're going to see from us. So um, to that progress of the team, it's going to be there. Unfortunately, Cincinnati has progressed so well, too. And with Jamar Chase coming back, their offense playing at a really good level. Um, uh, Joe Burrow, I really I love the seed that's planted. I love that we're 0-4 against them. And hopefully with the way our defense has started to play the last couple weeks, and in particular last week, starting off like that to keep that demon, keep that almost negative seed in Joe Burrow's head could give us a chance to maybe get Deshaun's feet wet and get some of some confidence, um, some um, self-confidence and belief for himself so that maybe that could help galvanize his belief and his game on it. Because I know we're pros. I know we act like as men and leaders that we're supposed to have complete belief in ourselves, complete confidence in ourselves at all times. You heard Deshaun in his press conference today talk about, you know, hey, I am human. I did have feelings. There was a lot going on last week. You know, how he's able to kind of get some of that confidence, if he could get some stuff early, um, some completions early. I actually want to be able to physically run the ball again against this team. Um, but I would like to actually to see some actually some deeper throws early. When I was playing in the Battle of Ohio or playing in big games where – I wasn't exactly sure how I felt about myself and my confidence. I didn't want to ease my way into those games. Um, I wanted to go aggressive early, and I love throwing deep throws early because you get a chance to loosen yourself up. You get a chance to put a nail in the coffin um, to to another team. To, to But more importantly, you show yourself and you show your your teammates that you're ready to go today, that I'm here, that I'm capable of handling this situation. We're going to need that type of almost galvanized, euphoric team, I think, to come up with a long-shot W that we need to get this week to keep any hope of, you know, some postseason play alive. Bernie, is it fair to expect more? out of Deshaun, even though he hasn't played in you know the 700-plus days and, and he comes back and didn't play that well against the Texans. But still, we know what this guy has in terms of his talent. Is it fair to put expectations on him and to expect him to be that same great player he was back in 2020? It's, it's, is it fair as a quarterback? I'm probably saying it's not fair, and I'm not trying to cover for him, make excuses for him. Um, we live in a, a team sport, but we're really in an era where where um, we think guys do it themselves. But I've used this uh, statement a lot, especially us quarterbacks, where victims are beneficiaries of the guys around us. Um, the guys around us are playing pretty good, but unfortunately, you know, we're on our fourth offensive center for the year. You know, our, our offensive line has still had an exceptional year. They've been off their game a little bit the last game or two. Um, uh, so uh, David Njoku hasn't hasn't played in one of the last two games. God, we could really use those type guys to around 
making those type of elite plays like we're expecting Deshaun to do. So it probably is a little unrealistic to think and to hope he's going to outduel Joe Burrow this Sunday. But um, at this time of the year, and from a pro perspective and a game perspective, it is probably unrealistic. But that's what we expect out of ourselves, and this is the pros. Bernie, looking to the defense, uh, Sione Takitaki lost for the year with an ACL injury. Uh, how do you think this impacts the Browns' defense over the final five regular season games? A massive problem. You know, we've talked at length all year. Struggling, stopping the run. We knew that was probably going to be an issue going into the year. It's, it's become an even bigger issue. I really like these pre these these division games and the second ones. Not to make it about when I play, but there's great film now by the month of December on teams, and and last game against um, the Bengals um, on the Monday night game, our Cleveland Browns on third and two, third and three, third and four, third and five had much good success. We got the Bengals off the field on I think three or four of those situations. We are playing two deep five under man where a guy like Taki Taki um, and our five underneath guys are locked up on their defense guys with double covers behind them. That defense uh, bodes itself well to double cover and works successfully at stopping the pass um, and got us uh, some extra possessions that led to a blowout win. The Bengals are going to look at that. They will study that. And when they study that on third, two, three, four, and five, and they see 2D5 under man coverage, that that coverage screams for you to run the football against it. It's a challenging ball to throw against, but it's really vulnerable to the run. The Bengals did not make that adjustment in the first game. Credit to Joe Woods. Credit to his play calling on that. When... This game, though, they'll probably try to test us more in the running game in first down and in those third and short to intermediate stuff. And that's where missing Taki Taki and his stoutness as he's moved into the middle linebacker position with the lightness of our defensive tackles could continue to be an issue. Maybe not as big an issue this week against the Bengals, who throw the ball excessively, but against the running-type physical teams, that's an issue. Bernie, great stuff, man. Uh, from one man away man to another, I say thank you and uh, have a great weekend, bud. You too. You matter. Go Browns. Look at that. Uh, Bernie Kosar there. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.